Hello and welcome to the Northgate Podcast, where we aim to bring people closer to Christ, build them up, and empower them to go out into the world and make a positive impact. With our inspiring content and engaging discussions, this podcast serves as a beacon of hope and spiritual growth for all its listeners. The purpose of the Northgate Podcast can be summed up by our mission to bring people to Christ, build them up in that relationship, and send them out. This motto encapsulates our dedication to help individuals discover the transformative power of Christ's love, nurture their faith, and develop a strong foundation in their spiritual journey. Now here is today's message. Well, good morning, Northgate. I'm D.L. Walter. I'm the Next Generation Pastor here. Um, And I hope each and every one of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, As I was worshiping this morning, I was reminded just how thankful I am for this church. Thankful that we can come together as a community and that we can uh, sing songs of praise to our God. And um, I'm just continually blessed by everything that's going on here. As I said, I'm the next generation pastor, which means I work primarily with our middle school, high school, and our young adults. And I just wanted, before we get into the sermon, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on just what happened last weekend at um, at our fall retreat. We had a group of about 40 students and leaders go to Camp Laterno on Canandaigua Lake and spend Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday morning there learning about God. A theme of our week was called So Much More. We explored um, what it looks like to live a life fully devoted to Jesus and how there is so much more in this world when we live um, our life devoted to God. So I know that a lot of you pray for our youth and I ask that you would continue to do things um, like that. And if you ever want to be involved um, on more of a weekly basis, you can always let me know because um, there's great things happening in our student ministry. and We'd love for so many to be a part of it. Um, We are in our last week of our Greater Than series. And um, I have been really blessed by all the the preaching. I've been blessed by reading through the book of Hebrews in my own life. And um, I was going to pick up today's message kind of where Pastor John left off of last week's message. So if you, by chance, missed that. If you have to catch up on that, you can find it online. But he um, he spoke on Hebrews chapter 11, which is like the kind of chapter that everybody really knows about from Hebrews. It's, it's sometimes called the Hall of Faith. It's where, it's where the author lists out all these people who had come before um, the people that he's writing to, or that they're writing to, and shares about what um, the type of life that they lived. And um, Pastor John focused on a few of those figures in the Old Testament. He looked at Noah, he looked at Abraham, he looked at Moses, and he also said, you know, if you're reading through this chapter and of Hebrews 11 and there's somebody that you don't know, spend some more time and read about them a little bit further. And I echo those comments because the few verses that we have in Hebrews chapter 11 of all those great people, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And if we look and we see how those people lived out their life of faith, it can be a real encouragement to us. But we're going to go and piggyback that because you have um, 
the, the 12th chapter where the author starts off and says, you know, therefore, with all of that we talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, we have to get to the next section, but we need to keep that in mind um, because we need to remember that the people that came before us matter in our faith. In fact, that's our main point today. Because of those who came before us were faithful run in their race, we can be faithful run in our race too. So the author of Hebrews starts to have us look at how we cannot just look at the past and say, oh, that's wonderful, that's great, but how it can affect on how we live our life in the future as we look ahead. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 3, and we're going to spend a lot of time in those first three verses, and then we're going to continue on um, and look at some stuff from the rest of the book in Hebrews chapter 12 and 13. So right here we have in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. There's a lot going on in the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 11. I want to spend some time in this passage where the author relates our walk with Jesus into this race that we need to run with perseverance so the first part of this sermon, I want to kind of look at some of the images that they use. And um, because as I was reading through these verses, the, just tons of images came to my mind that were so vivid. And I want to walk through those and see what we can learn from them. The author starts off by saying, because of this great cloud of witness, you can be encouraged by them, by the race that, you, that they have run. Um, and that, that, you, that can translate into the race that you run in your own faith, that you can look at these past champions of the faith and say that they kept their faith strong and that they ran their race faithfully, so so can I. We do this sort of thing all the time in culture in general. Um, if you've ever been to a professional sporting events, more times than not, if you look up into the rafters of the, of the stadium or around the, the circumference of the stadium, you'll see numbers that they have retired. Numbers of former greats that played on that field that players and fans can look up at and be reminded of the former great players of the franchise and that they can be encouraged by them and um, be motivated by them in the future. In the same way, um, we, can, we can do that with heroes of the faith. Um, I also know that coaches, coaches oftentimes do this, um, where they will be reminding their players of teams from the previous years and the greatness that they did to encourage them in their performance on the field. I remember when I played football in eighth and ninth grade, I wasn't very good at it, but I was constantly reminded by our coaches of the former greatness that our team 
um, used to have back in 1989. So probably about four or five years before I started playing, um, our coaches led a team of high school students to be undefeated and unscored upon that whole football season. And basically every practice, we would be reminded about those students that um, did that just a few years before us. And, and, you know, it was kind of, it, it got old after a while. You'd be like, I know, I know. They didn't even let up a field goal. They didn't let up a touchdown. They were such a great team. But the point that the coaches were doing is they were stressing to us that these very same people that walked the same hallways that we did, that played on the same field that we did, that fell asleep in the same math class that we did, they were, um, you know, just like us. And if they were able to accomplish greatness on the field, we would be able to do the same thing that they did. And that's what's going on with the cloud of witness that's surrounding us. It's to encourage us about what is possible in our walk with Jesus. Because there will be times when you think that you can't finish this race, that you can't push through the pain that this world has, that you can't um, continue to go on, but you look back and see all the others who have come before us have finished their race strong and that can encourage us in our walk so we can focus on others who are faithful with their walk with jesus to encourage us to live out our faith this can go for um, the people that we see in hebrews chapter 11 but i don't think it has to stop there I think it doesn't have to stop with the Noah, the Abraham, and the Moses. We can move to look at some of the other people in the Bible. People like Paul, Peter, people like Mary, the mother of Jesus, to encourage us in our walk with our faith. In fact, the Apostle Paul says so much um, when he says in 1 Corinthians to follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I love that verse because Paul's not pointing to himself just to say, hey, look, I'm doing this really well. He says, look at the example that I'm setting as I am attempting to follow Jesus. We all need encouragement like that to look back at the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament and the New Testament to focus on the journey that they walked so that we can be encouraged in our faith. But I also believe that this doesn't have to be just people in the Bible. I think it can be people that have influenced us throughout the years, whether it be authors that we, that we read, pastors that we, that we listen to, or even people that in our own life, we saw them live out their walk with Jesus, and we can be reminded about them. For me, one of those people um, was my grandmother. My grandmother, Teen, um, my grandma Teen passed away in 2019. And just like the people that we read about in scripture, she wasn't perfect in every way, but she always prioritized her relationship with Christ. She pursued him each and every day. In my adult life, um, I didn't live close to my grandparents anymore. I grew up about five miles from them. Um, we lived about 20 miles outside of New York City. And in 2004, 2005, I moved up to the Rochester area. So we were always, Tiffany and I were always a little far away from my grandparents. But on, um, in 2018, 
we were traveling down with some friends to New York City for a 40th birthday party. And Tiffany and I said, you know, on the way back, let's go visit my grandmother. Her husband had passed away about a year beforehand, so she was a little bit lonely. Um, it was in December. She, um, she was decorating her Christmas tree. I remember her, you know, asking us to, to put the star on and just helping get everything right. And then we had about a half hour, 45 minute conversation. It's about a month and a half before she passed away. It was the last time that I really got a chance to speak to her. We had about half hour, 45 minute conversation where she was telling us she has always had this little coffee table right next to um, her chair that she would have her Bible, her daily bread, and a book that she was reading. And she was talking about what they were studying at church. She was asking about what I was teaching the youth and uh, youth group. She was talking about the new things that she was learning about Jesus. And all I could think of is here's this woman, 90 years old, and still seeking and pursuing Christ every day to grow in their faith. When she passed away about a month and a half later and we went down for the funeral, I was surprised by so many of her friends who showed up to the funeral, who knew me when I was a, a, a little kid um, and that they grew up in the same church or they were part of the same church that I was, they would come up to me and said that they were so surprised that my grandmother passed away because they had just seen her out church two days previously. And it was an encouragement for me in my walk with Jesus to know that we are called to run a race marked with perseverance. And that we all have somebody, I share this story because we all have people in our life that we can look to, that we can point to and say, that person was faithful in their walk with Jesus to the end. And I would encourage you this week to not just look through the people in scripture, which is super important, but to find those people in your life there were a part of your life that you could look back upon and say that person ran their race well. They showed perseverance. They kept their eyes fixed on Jesus so that it can encourage you in your walk with Jesus. The next part of this verse I want to focus on is when the author tells us to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us feel like the author is telling us that we need to focus on what, you, what we need to change in our life. That it's important to take moments and look and say, what, what do I need to change in my walk with Jesus? And the author gives us two different ways that this can be done. The first is to throw off anything that hinders us. And the second is to get rid of the sin that so easy, easily entangles us. And I want to focus on both of these because I think they're slightly different. Um, to throw off those things that hinder us. A couple years back when, when COVID was kind of at its peak, I was looking for reasons to just kind of um, like get in better shape and take that time where I had a little bit of extra time in my schedule because of the lockdown to be able to get in a little bit of better shape. So I decided to do something crazy. I decided to to go running, right? And the first few times I did it, I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm, I'm starting to run. I'm getting a little bit better at it. I feel good about it. And then I had this idea, you know, I'm going to go for longer runs, like an hour or so. And I don't know what was wrong with me, but that's what I was doing. And I went on those a couple of times. And 
And what I realized is that it wasn't so much um, the shape that I was in that was hindering me on those runs. It was the equipment that I had. My shoes were old and my, like I was just wearing regular t-shirts and I'm kind of a sweaty guy. So they were like just becoming cumbersome. And the whole process, it, the, the equipment was really hindering me on those longer runs. And I, I realized that I had to get rid of that that was hindering me and get the right equipment, right? I got the, the decent running shoes. I got some moisture wicking t-shirts and then I felt better and I felt like I could continue on running. In much the same way, we need to look at our life and say, what's hindering me from taking that next step with Jesus? It doesn't have to be a sin that's in your life, but it can be something that you look at and say, I spend too much time on this. A couple of things that came to my mind were things like social media. It's not necessarily sinful, but if used improperly, it sure can hinder our walk with Jesus. For many of us, it's a, it's a fine tool where we can go on a couple times a week, see some pictures of friends and their family that live far away, go laugh out a meme to distract us at the end of, at the, end of the night. But for others, it stokes fear in our life. It becomes divisive. It makes us angry at others. It has us having a hard time being able to love God and love others because of what we see online. That becomes a hindrance. And maybe that's something that we need to put limits on or to eradicate from our life completely if we see that it's becoming a hindrance in our relationship with Jesus. For others, it could be something as simple as just, you know, going on YouTube and just getting lost in that algorithm that's perfectly curated to you that next thing you know you get home from work at five you eat dinner and then from like six till midnight you're just ignoring everything else in life and you're just watching stuff over and over it's not bad in little doses but if we have it in big doses it can really hinder our faith for others, it might not be something online. It could be something in our schedule that we need to change. Could have started out having um, youth sports be a really big part of your family's life, and it's fun, and we want to encourage the kids to grow in their faith. And then next thing you know, it monopolizes every dollar that you earn and any spare moment that you have, that you look at your life and you say, wow, our schedule's really being dictated by this one thing, it's starting to hinder our family in our relationship with Jesus and how we can grow. Maybe all those examples I gave aren't things in your life that need to change, but I would encourage you this week is look for that thing that's not necessarily sinful, but that's hindering you in being who God has called you to be. To throw that away and look for how you can replace it by keeping your eyes on Jesus. The next part of that verse, uh, the author does deal with sin. It says, to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles us. It's mentioned earlier in the sermon that I love the images that come to my mind when I read this passage in Hebrew. Because I see this, this idea of the sin that so easily entangles us. And the key word that jumps out to me there is easily. 
you have to work very hard to be entangled by sin. In fact, it's kind of our default in life. If you do nothing to fight against it, sin will cling to you easily. Like when I, when I see easily entangled, I just picture somebody walking through like a dark area where there's all these spider webs. And next thing you know, like you walk through it, no matter how careful you are, you're just covered with this stuff and you have this gross feeling. I feel like that's how it is when we walk through this world that sin will just cling to us unless we have a game plan against it. We have to be proactive in casting off of sin. We need to remember who we are in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're reminded of just that. It says, Therefore, if any one of you is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Sometimes in order to cast off sin, we need to remember that we are no longer living in our former life. That we're a new creation in Christ. That's our new identity. We can remind ourselves of being that new creation. And also the author of Hebrews wants us to focus on Jesus. The author keeps it pretty simple. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus. They're basically telling us to repent, to cast off the sin that easily entangles us and fix your eyes on Jesus as we run this race of faith, to focus on him, to not take our eyes off of him. Just this week as I was preparing this message, um, I was scrolling through Instagram. Now, don't worry, it was in a way that wasn't hindering my faith. I was just, I was just scrolling through for a couple of minutes, wasn't taking up too much time, and I came across this video of this kid, probably late high school, early college, and he's running this what appears to be like a hundred meter race. And he's doing a really great job. Like he was out, he was at the back of, of the race about halfway through. And towards the end, he passes like three or four people. And it's like this amazing thing. You're like, okay, this is great that this kid is, is just passing these people. He's focused on the race that's in front of him. And then he did something kind of stupid. He turns around to the person who's right next to him. He gives him a, a peace sign and a big smile on his face. And no sooner than he does that, he falls completely down. And everybody passes him and he falls and he, he becomes last place. Now, I share this story with you, one, because I feel really bad for this guy. Because um, not that I've ever done that because... I'm not fast, so I've never had the opportunity to rub in this, this victory in somebody's face. But because I think we've all done something like that in our youth or at some other time where you feel, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, you maybe rub it into somebody and then it comes to bite you. And unfortunately, this kid, it was broadcast for the whole world to see. The video had over a million views when I watched it. So I feel bad for, for him. But at the same time, I thought that illustrated a great truth. That when you lose track of what you're supposed to be focusing on, you can take yourself completely out of the race. And in the same way, we're called to fix our eyes on Jesus. To focus on Jesus. And it's so easy to look left or to look right and keep our focus and, and change our focus. But each one of us is called to focus on Jesus. The author of Hebrews says, 
to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Again, I love the images that come to my mind when I see this word, pioneer. Jesus is the one who carved out the path in which we are called to walk. Pioneer is the, the word pioneer is that person who goes first, who charts the course. In college, I had a friend that his summer job was working for the parks department. He was in charge of, with a, with a team of people, he was part of a team that constructed new trails. So one day I asked, I said, what, like, what, is the, what do you do? You know, do you just start going in the woods and start chopping things down and putting up signs? And he goes, no, it, it, we carefully study the path. Then we start to clear out vegetation. We start to, to install things that will help with erosion so that, uh, so that things don't erode and that, that the path continues to be safe. We make sure that it's a passable path. We make sure that we try to keep the landscape that, that's there pristine so that while it's easy to, pa to, to pass through, we're not wrecking the natural habitats that's there. And then we put up signs and markers so that people can safely go through the path and know what's going on. But what I love about it is he said, but we still try to make it challenging. We still try to make it that when people go, they, they feel like they've gone through a challenge. And I think this is what is happening with our relationship with Jesus. He's the pioneer of our faith. He's the author of it. He's blazed that path that we're called to follow him and to focus on him. But it doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're able to get to the finish line safely. Because that's where Jesus is. We're told in the end of the passage of Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, that he is at the right hand of the Father. So our focus should be just that. Colossians 3, 1 through 12 says, since, or 1 through 2 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on thing above, things above, not on earthly things. As we run this race of faith, it's easy for us to get caught up in the earthly things, like that sprinter who took his eyes off the finish line for a second. But we're called to keep our eyes on things above. It's not always easy, but Jesus is with us through, the, through all of it. He's faced the opposition so that we can have eternal life. That's why Jesus is greater than, because he laid down his life so that we don't have to grow weary in our walk, that we have purpose, that we know that our reward is Jesus himself in heaven. Again, it doesn't always mean that it's easy, but as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can remember why we are running this race of faith. So we have these things that, that uh, we are called to focus on, that we're called to be focused on those people in the past as encouragement for the future. We need to focus on what we need to do to change and focus on Jesus. But I just want to take a moment and remind us as we're winding down this ser sermon that all of this is because of who Jesus is. 
not because of who we are. In Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to skip down to there. In Hebrews chapter 13, we see that we're reminded of who Jesus is. We're told that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Because of Jesus never changing, we can praise God in no matter what circumstances we are in. As the author of Hebrews encourages us to do in Hebrews 13, 15, where they say, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. This is why Jesus is greater. Because unlike everything else in our lives that can change in a moment's notice, I'm sure we've all gone through things where you can kind of have like that before and after date of a certain event in your life. Whether that be when somebody got sick, whether it be a more joyous occasion where somebody got married, but where you, where you say, where, you know, when you had your first kids, where you say, before this, life was this way, and then after this moment, everything changed. But Jesus is different. In our life, when things can change in a moment, he will stay the same. He'll always care for us. He'll always show us compassion. His grace will always be enough. He will always love us. And he will always watch over us. So I want to take a moment as we wind down the service now to bow in prayer to remember just how great Jesus is and that he is greater than anything this world can offer. Would you bow with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that we can put our faith in him, that we can remember that because Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, that we can keep our focus on him and that we don't have to grow weary, weary in our walk. That we can remember that Jesus is greater than anything that this world can offer. So God, we give you praise today because of who Jesus is. And Lord, we pray that we would keep our focus on him this week and every day. In Christ's name, amen. It's actually our takeaway today that no matter where we are in our race, we need to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you stand with me for the benediction? Our benediction today is actually found at the end of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for his for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Christ Jesus to whom be the glory forever and ever amen may god bless you this day Northgate. have a great rest of your week 
Thank you everyone for tuning in and being part of the Northgate podcast today. Your support and engagement have truly been incredible. If you like what you hear, then please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Northgate podcast. It's your enthusiasm and continued support that keeps us motivated and inspired to creating meaningful content that resonates with our listeners. So thanks again. Thanks again.